0: This message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us, and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. How you guys doing?
1: Good to see you guys. Um, My name is Brent Ritter. I'm the student and discipleship pastor. How do you like my new shoes? (laughs) sorry. I thought I'd talk about my shoes so you wouldn't pay attention to the cast. Um, So, yeah. No, um, yeah, I got these the other day. I wore them the other day, and Christian goes, "Man, those are to make you look younger," which, <laughs> which, which immediately made me feel older. And um, and so, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to be here this morning to be able to talk with you guys. Um, if you're here online, good morning to you guys as well. Uh, I do need to apologize to you guys. I I totally was walking around and um, this morning and getting stuff ready and. Uh, I forgot to print out the little fill-out sheet. So if you, if you normally use a sheet in here, that's on me. Um, but it is on the app. So this is another plug to get the Hope Church Plus app um, for your phone. Uh, if you text uh, Hope Church Plus app i think it is to 77977 i'm looking for my students because they make fun of me because of the hat and stuff like this so um but yes yeah, so you can uh, get the uh the church app there and you get fill in notes from there um also want if just just in case they are watching i've got a couple friends from pakistan who may be watching this morning so rohail and uh and arslan nice to see you guys um so um i'm really excited to be here this morning to talk about um prayer and to open this series for you guys um and prayer, the, one of the reasons I'm excited about it is because I think it's something that we don't talk about enough sometimes. We kind of we kind of leave prayer to being one of those things that um, it's just kind of part of the Christian experience, and we just talk about it. And I know when I talk to my students there all the time, and they're like, yeah, yeah, just tell me to pray and read my Bible. That's what you all always say, is just pray and read my Bible, and everything will be okay. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, it's true. I mean, there is a truth to that, but um, at the other side of it, a lot of times when we talk about prayer, we just we kind of talk about it because a lot of us don't understand it. And I'm going to be straightforward with you guys from the very start today. Prayer is something that I've I've personally struggled with my entire Christian walk. I've been a Christian for over 30 years. Um, oh gosh, hold on now. I got to go back and count. It's getting closer to 40 years now, um, but um, and. Uh, and it's always been something that I struggled with, and I think some of it has to do just with the way that my uh, my mind works, I, my mind races, I jump from one thing to another, I've never been diagnosed with any type of ADD, but I probably have it, and um, and so there are a lot of things in our lives that make prayer difficult, and um, you know, generally speaking, it it can be a really troublesome thing for a lot of people, and I, I even tell... I joke with kids, you know, because I ask them, you know, hey, well, you want to pray for us? And they're like, no, man, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about people. And I get it. And I say, well, you don't want to talk to God, and, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, and, I, and I, but I do get it. I do understand it. And sometimes it's one of those things you just kind of have to jump in and practice. And it's like something that you learn as you do. But the other side of it is, is the more we talk about it, the easier it will get for each and every one of us to understand it. To talk, to talk with others about it, to experience it on our own, and to be able to to live this life. Now, over the next few weeks, it, it's interesting, because as um, this is like a tag-team message uh, between myself and Mark and a Christian and Daniel, and um, as uh, Mark was talking with all of us and stuff, each one of us kept saying, hey, I was thinking about using the Lord's Prayer, and Mark was like, oh, I was going to use the Lord's Prayer, and then Daniel was like, yeah, I was going to use the Lord's Prayer, and so... Um you might have a lot of different perspectives on the Lord's Prayer that come up on this because that's that's really the crux of where Jesus taught us how to pray. and um, it is it is one of those things that we have and um, when i when I go back to the very first time that i I think I experienced what this this slide says the power of prayer. Um, it was right after I, I'd given my life to Jesus, I was in the eighth grade and um, and i i'd gone to this different church i'd grown up in a very high church kind of place all right with i mean everything but the incense and the bells and you know all that kind of stuff you know i mean processions and robes and all that kind of craziness and um not that there's anything wrong with that um it's it's just different um than what we do here most of the time of course I, i mean i'm not wearing a robe i've got cool sneakers on but um but i'd grown up in this very like formal church experience and i was i had started going to youth group at this very informal um place my church had been a high church with all the regalia and this church met in a hotel bar okay can you can you smell the difference between these two things yes and you tell me you could smell the difference between the two things okay when you because we met on sunday morning after saturday night the place was called razzles okay um so it was a razzly good time the night before and um so i started going to this youth group and we we walked in and, and they they had a youth group prayer night at the youth pastor's house and um i i didn't it was you know it was one of these things where we um you know it was like everybody came together and then the girls were going to leave and go stay somewhere else and the guys were going to have a fart contest all night long you know after the prayer meeting um and sorry i'm a youth pastor so um, but i said that and i was like that's probably not a good thing to say on in big church but um But I remember going to this thing and I was late because my mother was perpetually late to everything. And so I got there late and I showed up and I had a pillow and and a sleeping bag and I walked into the front door of this house and I realized that I was somewhere different immediately because there was a presence in the room and it was a bunch of kids, but they were on their knees and they were praying and i thought whoa wow whoa you know okay this is new um because i'd gone to high church where we may have prayed but it was done together and things on those lines and so this is where the power of something like the lord's prayer is very important because the the thing that i did is i i imitated everybody in the room because that's that's good understanding and good learning right um and I got down on my knees and, and clutched my pillow and put my face in it because I didn't want anybody to hear me. But I wanted, I wanted what was in that room. I wanted to experience that power. And so all I did for like an hour, like these kids knew how to pray. For an hour, I said the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again into that pillow. And the reason I did it is because that is what I knew and I, had, I knew that that was the way that we were supposed to pray. That was the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Because um, every week at church, we had a moment of silence, and then somebody would say, and now we, we close this time in the way that Jesus taught his followers to say, by saying, and we said it all together. And I remember in that moment realizing that there was something more to this communication than just those words over and over again. So, when we talk about prayer, there is there is a power. There is this connection that comes from it. There is this, this moment where um, we cross the divide, where um, the, the veil is, is torn. You know, they talk about that when it comes to the, the scriptures and the way that that Jesus um, gave his life, and in those moments, the veil between in the, in the temple tore, and the Holy of Holies became accessible to everyone. And that's what happens when we go into prayer. It's that moment where we step past that veil. This power, this moment that I experienced that moment, I saw it. And up until that point, all I had known about prayer was the product of prayer, okay? It's like if you, um, okay, how many of y'all have ever used a magic eraser? Okay, I've got these new white shoes. I'm gonna need it soon, okay? magic. If you haven't used a magic eraser, it is the coolest thing on the planet, all right? Well, probably not the planet, but it's cool, all right? And if I don't know what it's made of, And it scares me to death because it's probably going to kill me later on in life. But that stuff cleans everything, all right? And I can sit here and talk about it. And if you have never used it, you know about the product of it. But until you put that thing in your hand and get some water on it and you start to clean something, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this has never happened before. Then you have experienced the power that comes along with something. Does that make sense? You know, and that's what I had understood as a kid. I understood the product of it, and I knew the product. And so I sat there, and I put my knees down on the ground, hugged that pillow, and I repeated that product over and over and over again. But there was something more, but that was the first time that I had thought, man, there is, there is something to this, this product that I don't know about yet. Um, so since then... In prayer, even though I've, it is something that I've struggled with, I have heard the call of God in my life. I have seen people healed miraculously, and I'm not I'm not talking about just even just like, hey, you had a really good emotional healing, which is a miraculous healing, but like one of those things like you see on TV and the televangelist stuff had to happen when people get out of wheelchairs and stuff like that. It it does happen. I have seen it. I can introduce you to the kid whose mom didn't have Achilles tendon, and got up out of the wheelchair. I knew her for years. She drove me around. I've seen that type of power and prayer happen. I've experienced God's presence in ways that I can't explain. I have felt God's specific leading. I felt it this morning. I was listening to a song, and I just, I couldn't, I was like, I started thinking about my brother-in-law, and I could not get it out of my head until I sent this song to him, because I know it's going to speak into where he is right now in his life, and it's like, it's, it's amazing, and unexplainable, to a certain extent, but the power of prayer has been real, and so many times in our lives, we wonder about where God is, or if we can feel God, and we've just been looking at God as this product, but there is that power for each and every one of us. Jesus' disciples wondered about that power. They obviously saw something different. They heard something different in the way that he prayed. And so they came to him, and in the book of Luke, you'll find this. They'll come to him and say, will you teach us how to pray? Like, like as as John taught his disciples how to pray, apparently John the Baptist had been good at this too, but now they're talking to Jesus about it and saying, will you teach us to pray? But we're going to look at a piece of scripture from Matthew. Um, that there's the same story but it's expanded a little bit different point of view for it and um they asked him how to to teach them how to pray and so this is what jesus brought to them um is this passage from matthew now um i I might say thank you babe or something like that my wife is running slides this morning i just want to just want to throw that out there because i don't want people to think something's weird happened or something like that but yeah thanks babe um but Matthew was a tax collector. Actually, I think Mark talked about him last week. He was a tax collector. He um, was the, the, you know, the whole category beyond sinner, okay, <laughs> sinner and tax collectors. You know, um, He was really concerned with the reality of what it meant to be a Jew in this world, what it meant to be real in front of other people, because Jesus had taken somebody who had been a traitor— to his whole understanding of his life, and had made him real um, in his walk with God. Almost like a velveteen rabbit, you know. He's like, you know, he just wants to be real all the time. And Jesus turned him into a real-life disciple. And we read his account of Jesus' life. Um, it's the first book of the New Testament because he is so concerned with things being recorded into the full depth of what it is. So... Um, they ask him to teach him how to pray, and we see that part in Luke, and then in Matthew we see this part, and, it's, and this is kind of the layup to it. So, and and that's it's important for us to hear this part of it before we get into the scripture itself about the Lord's prayer. But, and so it starts here, and it says in verse five, and when you pray, this is Jesus talking. Okay, you must not be like the hypocrites. Now you can you can understand why Matthew is talking about this, adds this part in, right? Because he was a hypocrite, right? And so he he's focused on this. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask ask him. And so many people, I will stop there for a second, so many people like, well, I don't pray because God already knows my heart. All right? And um, how many of you all have said that? I've said it, okay? I'm raising my hand, okay? God already knows. I don't need to pray about this. God already knows my heart. Um, I think sometimes I've said that because um, God really does know my heart and knows that I'm... I'm slacking hard in that moment, and I don't want to talk to him about it because, you, know, you know, I'm like the, the kid with the third-grade dead weight who doesn't want to go to bed. You know, and I, I don't want to be that kid, you know, that person in front of God. But he does know what we need, okay? But that doesn't—that's not the point of prayer. And that's, it's really important for us to realize that. Do not be like them, for your father already knows what you need before you ask him. All right? How many of y'all are parents in the room? You know what your kid's going to ask you before they come and ask you? Kids? Sorry. They already know. You know how they know? Because they asked their parents the same question. It just had a different thing on it, okay? You want an Xbox, they wanted an X, you know, a BMX bike. You know, same thing, all right? It's the way it is, all right? We know, our parents know what we're going to ask. All right. So then Jesus gives us this statement, and this is what we're so familiar with. Pray then like this. Okay? If Jesus tells you to do something, here's what you should do. Okay. Our Father in heaven. Actually, you know what? Let's read this together out loud for, for the liturgy of it. Okay. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right, how many of y'all knew that the for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever and ever. Oh, Amen. So that that part's not in the scripture, actually. It's so, just a really cool ending. All right, so, um, but yeah, um, this is this is where. Jesus starts for us. And, you know, we use it. A lot of you probably could have read that or said it without even um, looking at the screen. Um, and, and that would have been perfectly fine for every one of you. And that was the reality of it because we grew up with that and we know it. Um, but the, the, the Lord's Prayer was not necessarily meant to be read that way. Now, I'm thankful that it was when I was a kid, because when I showed up in that moment, it gave me a framework to work with, and I was able to connect with God. One of the beautiful things about the Lord's Prayer being read together like that is that each and every one of us here in the room, we were together in that moment, and it's a representation of the body of Christ as we speak together. It's what, the, it's what is called liturgy, okay? Um, and it's, it's the, the words of the people is what liturgy means, it means in that. And so when we are together and we say those types of things together, it's, it's something that helps us to connect and worship. And so in that moment, no one in this room is better than someone else at prayer. No one's words are more pretty or more extravagant or whatever. Everybody's together and equal at that moment. Does that make sense? And that's the beauty of a liturgy, and it's why it's useful, it's why it's good. It's like when we baptize somebody and we say the creed together. We do that together because it means that we are together at the same place, at the same moment. And that is what the beauty of that traditional mindset is. But Jesus was teaching them something. And um, I don't think uh, as much as that moment when I was in eighth grade where I prayed, into a pillow, I don't think Jesus was just saying the Lord's Prayer over and over and over and over again in the Garden of Gethsemane, all right? I don't think that's what he was probably doing, um, and so I don't know that that was the prayer that that sparked so much interest in the disciples that they were like, okay, now I want to know how to do that, okay? So yeah, we're just going to say the same thing over and over again. That's not that's not what it was. Jesus was presenting a model for them, and it was a way to engage their hearts, their mouths, their spirits with the, the God of the universe, their father. It was close. It was personal, 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 and it was intimate in that way. All right. You're not going before, you know, the king and he is a king, but he's more than your king. How many of how y'all many have watched the some of the stuff that's happened with uh, the coronation and all that kind of stuff? um with the the new king charles over there in england one of the things that's hilarious to me is to watch his grandchildren who call him i can't remember what they call him but they he's like he's like just he's the king of england and all the all the realm or whatever but he's like G-Paw or something weird like that to them okay and they make all kinds of faces and they do all kinds of dumb things and all this kind of they they say things they get scolded by camilla you know what i mean <laughs> They are in a different connection to the king of England than anybody else around. Even, even his son doesn't probably talk to them the way his, his grandchildren do. But that's the type of intimacy that we can have with God because he is our father and not just this God of the universe anymore. But now because of what Jesus has done for us, because of that veil being broken, we are adopted into family. And now we stand before him as children, as his children. And it's intimate, and it's powerful, okay? Now, Jesus didn't, like I said, he didn't intend that to be this, this like rote thing that we might do, but instead he intended it to give us a model to do this, to how do we go about praying? How do we go about doing this? And so let's let's take a second and take um, just the first couple lines of that, because today I was tasked with, with um with helping you guys understand something called guided prayer and um guided prayer is interesting and uh and when i thought i had a a message together in my mind for it mark gave me his notes for next week because he worked ahead because he's going out of town and it was his message for next week and i was like awesome so here we go god has something else to say and so i'm back to the prayer moment and god really um God really showed me something. He led me to somebody who sparked um, an interest in my mind about this, and it opened up something new for me, even so. So I want us to take a look at just that first two lines of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's. Um, this is what we're doing with our, our students on Wednesdays. Let's break down some words and look at this a little bit deeper, because... I don't want us to just run over it for a second, okay? But think about this. We already talked about father. Hallowed. How many of y'all use the word hallowed or hallowed in your everyday language? Um, hallowed be you, Tinley. You know, so I mean I mean you are honored and revered. I mean we love you to death, but like, you know, we don't we don't really use the word hallowed, so but this is what it means. Hallowed is holy, consecrated revered honored so when we say this our father in heaven hallowed your name is holy set apart perfect and full encompassing you are consecrated you are sacred you are revered you are honored we give you weight we put if the scales of our of our life were around this is what the word honor means by the way Um, If they were to put things on scales, your scales would be the heaviest of it all. You carry more weight than anything else. That is what your name, your essence means to me. Father, these are what you are. Therefore, okay, your kingdom, your rule, your reign, your authority, your decisions, your thoughts, all of that come. You, all of that come into our lives. Your will, your desire, what you ordain. We've talked about this with our students just recently, like the perfect, good and perfect will of God. If you were to write a will so that when, when, his, when you were to pass your inheritance on, your perfect desire in all of that, That's one way to think about it. And you can even say in the death of Jesus, his will was for us to have life and to bring life to be done in our world. To have that thing happen for us. His desire, his ordained desire to be done on earth. Not big E, earth, okay? So we're not talking about the planet. Earth being more so the state of our being in creation here in time now, as it would be in heaven, which is eternity, which is everything else but the here and now. Okay, and God's presence lives in this eternal nature where he exists outside of our time, where he sees the perspective of the whole world, where he understands and knows what we need, remember, because he sees it from a different viewpoint. But that viewpoint, what we're asking for is for that viewpoint to be here and now in our lives. The intimate father who I love and know as my dad, you are Holy, you are honored beyond. You carry more weight than anything else in my life. God, I pray that the things that you care about, your rule, your decisions, the things that you control, that those things would come into this world that we live in, that your will, Father, the things that you want, the things that you desire, would be done here like it's done in heaven because that is the perfection of who you are and we want to see that happen in this place. That is the depth of just the two lines that we, we begin with. That is more than just a statement that we say together. That's the heartbeat of hopefully who we are coming alive into the world. It's also an opportunity for us to think about our world in a different way, because the thing that we love more than anything, as humans, is the idea of change. But the reality is, is that the power of prayer, it begins with change. And those first two lines of that of that Lord's Prayer talk about change. Everything that God would desire, everything that he would want and sees as his perfection, because he is perfect, that it would come here and begin to push out the things that don't look like him. Um, if you're ever around me for very long, you'll hear me talk about a guy named Dr. Bowdle. And he was my favorite professor in college. One of the most foremost um, Greek scholars on the East Coast, and had been teaching at our university for over forty years at the time. And um, somebody asked him about prayer and whether he believed that prayer changed things, because he was kind of talking about you know the the destiny of, of pre predestination. It was it was a theology class, so you know it's always like over your head in some way or another, but. And he said, listen, he said, whether or not you believe that you pray and somebody's going to get healed, and if it doesn't happen, what do you think then, and stuff along those lines. He no. says, the reality is that the moment that we decide that we are going to engage God for something, God is immediately changing us because we have set our own priority our own selfishness, our own humanity aside. And we have begun the process of God bringing his kingdom into our lives because we are putting our thought process into his ideas, into his mindset. And so in the moment that we begin that engagement, this changing power of prayer begins in us. And it's really important for us to realize that this change that happens there is because God is moving us from one position into another. He's creating and redeeming us over time, and this journey is, is important. But this changing power of prayer also begins in us, but it also works its out, way out through us. Through us as the hands and feet of Christ, And as we begin to change, we begin to change the world around us. And things around us, we begin to see with God's perspective. And then these things that don't line up with eternity become more clear to us. And in these moments, the Holy Spirit begins to guide us into a new understanding. This guided prayer is designed to take us on a journey to a changed and new god-based reality for us. All right, this sounds a little trippy. I know that, okay? All right, it's don't 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 get too trippy with it, okay? Um, but it's one of those things where we have to think about this in a, in a new idea that when God is guiding us To look at the world around us and say, here is what we see, and this does not line up with what God desires for this world. We begin to find ourselves drawn to change, we begin to find ourselves drawn to God's mercy. God's ability, God's power to recreate that reality. God is redeeming this world, and he's doing it in us, and he's doing it through us. His kingdom is on the move and coming when his people align themselves to this type of mindset, that we are on this journey to be in a new change, in a new God-based reality about how we see the world. Now, we got a few minutes um, before we turn it back over to the band. And so I would not be um, a good discipler if we didn't take a moment just to spend a few moments in prayer as part of um, this message this morning. Now, I want to encourage you to do something. Um, We're going to put some things up on the on the screen here in a minute. And it's an ancient prayer, not ancient, it's hundreds of years old, let's put it that way. That's kind of ancient, older than my shoes. But um, we are a lot of times set in this mindset that when we pray, we have to close our eyes and we have to bow our heads and all this kind of stuff. But prayer is, is, is more than that. And so we're going to put some things on the screen. And I encourage you to, to look at the words and think about these words um, as we we pray through them slowly for the next few minutes i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna pray out loud. encourage you guys to put pictures to your thoughts in your mind about what this looks like we'll talk we'll talk through our prayer does that make sense it's a little bit of an experiment okay i don't know how this is going to go so will you walk with me that was enthusiastic all right Okay, this is the peace prayer of St. Francis. How many of y'all have ever heard, know if you grew up in the Catholic Church at some point or another, you probably have seen this or know it. It's uh, about, he's the 1500s, I believe, if I I remember correctly. He's the father of the Franciscan monks. He's also the patron saint of animals. um, And so uh, that's why you normally see, this is not a photograph, of course. But um, he's normally pictured with animals because he believed that all creation was being redeemed by God. And so he preached to animals, too, um, which is more power to you. Um, so let's take a moment and uh, let's, let's take a moment and let's this, this first slide. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. I want to encourage you just to, to think about that. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Can you think right now where there is hatred in our world? Have you seen it? Have we experienced it? Where there is injury, pardon, forgiveness, where there is doubt faith when i when i read this i see the faces of my students who wonder what the world is going to look like in just a few years where there is despair When I think of despair, my heart breaks for those who see no exit from this world and from despair other than suicide, which is so on the rise in our world. Where there's darkness, light. I don't know where you've had darkness in your life, but um, I've never seen anything more dark than addiction. It touches every single one of us in this room in some form or fashion. God, we pray that light would come where there is sadness, joy, With depression and anxiety and all these things overwhelm us, God, I pray that Your joy would overwhelm the darkness. O oh, divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. God, as you begin to work through us, help us, Lord, to be concerned with the needs of others more than ourselves. Not to seek to be understood as to understand or to be loved as to love. God, help us to not be concerned with being right more than we are with being concerned with being loving. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. our generosity and our desire to not hold on to things god help us to realize that our forgiveness our money our grudges everything that we'd hold on to god are not worth the blessing that comes from the release To allow you to handle these things in our lives. To allow you to manage them so that we can feel free to be your vessel. To be your hands and feet. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Father God, in your scripture it says that we are living sacrifices that we find life in the moment that we turn our life over to you. God, in the midst of the moments where we don't know how to handle our own lives, God, I pray that we would let go. God, that our selfishness and our... A vain conceit, our ambitions would be released before you, so that our old self dies, but that we are redeemed and renewed in a new life—one that's empowered through the connection that we have by being your child, in your grace and your love. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Folks, I really want to encourage you. I'm going to ask the band to come on back. That's what, just close this out here. But I really want to encourage you guys to spend these next few weeks, as we talk about prayer, um, experimenting. Now, it sounds it sounds weird, but, like, there are so many different ways that you could pray. You could... Um, Find all kinds of prompts like the prayer of Saint Francis, um, man. When I started looking at that this week again, I've, I've seen, I've sung that prayer as a as a as a, as a piece of music and um, as a as a kid. And there are so many images and things that popped in my head when it talked about hatred and despair. And these are the things that don't line up with the heartbeat of God. But in those moments, the power of prayer when you begin to to engage those things and talk about in your heart and your mind, God, what is your will for that? What is your will when you see hatred? How can I stand in your will? How can what you are changing in my life, because I am connecting with you, how can that be moved into action through me so that your kingdom comes in this place? and we begin to see the change that we actually believe in how god this is how guided prayer takes us to a new reality a new way of looking at the world around us and i pray that as you experiment with all the different things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks that god would enrich your life and that you would experience him in brand new ways love you god bless you Let's worship. Stand.
0: Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area, there you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.